0: Everybody and welcome to the Money Made Easy Podcast. Every week we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica
1: and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at moneymadeeasypodcast.com. Podcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible.
0: Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close.
1: We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. Today, we are talking to Kate from That Debt Free Life. And on Instagram, she is at That Debt Free Life altogether. Um, Her starting debt in January of 2017 was $104,901. Yes, six figures. Her current debt, uh, just like almost three years later, is $7,215. And her goal is to be debt-free by this December. So over $97,000 paid down so far. So let's welcome Kate to the show. Hi, Kate. Hi, gang.
0: It's (laughs) good to be
1: hanging out with you guys today. Thanks for having me on. Well, we are just so excited. Yes. (laughs) We know that you are going to share so many little nuggets of wisdom with our audience today and uh, help so many people just we're just so excited.
2: Oh, I'm excited too. I hope that that the people will benefit from our chat
0: today. Yes. I know they will. So, Kate, if you want to tell us a little bit about you, obviously, and then also how you, you know, got inspired to share your story on Instagram and all of the good stuff. What brought sure. you here to today?
2: <laughs> sure, sure. So, the, so I am an attorney in Houston. And the majority of my debt that I have been posting about for the last two years on Instagram is all my student loans. So it's undergrad and law school loans combined. And before I started aggressively paying off my debt, I had been working as an attorney for several years and I honestly just didn't love it. But... I needed that attorney salary to be able to pay off the six figures of debt. So I was kind of kind of stuck and the debt kind of robbed me of living the life that I wanted to and the options that I wanted. And so, you know, one December, I kind of sat down and made a three-year plan to get the debt paid off. And that was in December of 2016. So then I decided on January 1st of 2017, I would just start aggressively paying off the debt which I did. And then about a year into it, that first year, I was not very successful at all. And I was not, I paid off about $17,000 that first year. And I was not sharing my journey with other people at that time. I was just, you know, paying off my debt, you know, just on my own. And then in February, when I started my Instagram account in February of 2018, I was actually sitting on the couch at home one morning and i just could not bear the thought of going into work like i just had so much anxiety i couldn't Mm -hmm. i couldn't just face the idea of going to the office that day so i remember i was sitting on the couch and i was on instagram and i thought certainly there's people on instagram who are sharing about their journey and so i just looked it up and found some you know people and right then and there i decided i'm just going to create an account and publicly start sharing my journey, which will hopefully help hold my feet to the fire Mm -hmm. um, and plug through this because originally the whole goal for my debt payoff was to enable me to leave the practice of law and go explore other career options. So that's kind of what led me to sharing my
1: journey, you know, publicly. And are you, is that still your goal or have you developed a new love for the law?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting because, you know, I've journaled throughout this process, I've journaled about it. And I remember in the beginning, I thought that, you know, once I got closer to the end, maybe I would stay um, and I wouldn't want to leave because at that point, I finally get to keep my paychecks for myself, right? Mm -hmm. All this time, I've been suffering through this job I don't love, and I don't even get the benefit really of the salary, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a really good question because I feel like as I am getting toward the end, I feel like I do want to stay for a couple of more years because there's so much more to do after debt payoff. There's saving for an emergency fund and funding my son's you know, 529 college plans and paying off the house and beefing up retirement. I feel like the financial goals just, you know, will never end. Yeah.
0: So,
2: yeah. So I think that I, you know, I may stay for a little while and kind of try to knock out some, some more financial goals, but you never know. We'll see when I, when I get there, I may see a different song. <laughs>
1: And if you, in the dream scenario where you could earn whatever doing whatever, what would your dream job or dream career be? So nobody
2: will believe this, but I've talked about it so much. Um, Honestly, my dream career is doing some kind of admin work in the school district. So just a very like a registrar at the school district or uh, an attendance clerk at the school district, which is I've said for years I want to be you know uh, an elementary school attendance clerk or something. But I love yeah of being in the schools, you know, with a sh- with a short commute, and then having the summers off to travel with my family, which That's is what true. really like draws me to that. So I I don't think that I want to teach, but I'd love just like an admin job in the schools mm-hmm. to give me time because I think that
1: that is what I've been craving most is just time. So (laughs) is it, do you have a pretty heavy schedule as an attorney? Do you work a heavy week?
2: Yes, it is. It's really ridiculous. So I I live in Houston and the commute is very long. So I usually Mm. commute three hours a day. Oh, Oh ouch. I mean, that alone is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, so if my office were right down the street, then maybe it would be a little bit easier. But still, you've got daily mediations and depositions and court hearings and attendance and just we've we've got a really high volume of cases, so we deal with it just a lot. So it's a heavy, heavy workload with a, you know weekend work, and so. Yeah. Part of, again, that drive for wanting to pay down the debt was to be able to walk away from all of that and just give back a little bit of more time for myself.
1: Right. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get into how you've been paying down the debt. I read that you said a zero based budget is the single number one thing that has enabled you to be successful in your debt payoff. Um, So maybe you can explain a little bit about that. Do you use uh, gross or net take home pay? You know, how does all that work? And what is exactly a zero for someone who knows nothing about (laughs) budgets or, you know, has never heard of a zero based budget? Maybe try and simplify that or explain that to our audience.
2: Sure, absolutely. So you are correct. I probably say it a thousand times. A zero based budget is the number one thing that, You know, I recommend when people ask me how I've been able to pay off debt, I would not be able to function or pay off debt at all without a zero-based budget. So all a zero-based budget is, is a budget that accounts for every dollar of your income. And so when I get paid, and in fact, I I post my, all of my zero-based budgets on my Instagram account in my saved stories so people can go and look at an actual budget and see how that works. Um, but what you do is you take your full, um, paycheck amount and I, am a paycheck budgeter. So I budget by paycheck for me. It just makes sense when I get that paycheck. What am I going to do with this money? I want to have a plan for it before I just spend it all and it's gone. And I'm left wondering what happened. So assume you get a thousand dollar paycheck, then you need to make a zero based budget, which means you budget every single one of those $1,000 and you tell them where to go. So, you know, 500 for the mortgage and a thousand for the food and you keep going until you're left with zero and every single dollar has been budgeted. That way, you know, at the end of, of the budget period, like you know where your money went because you made a plan for it down to the penny. And I will tell you guys, when I started making a zero based budget, so, what happened in the months before I started getting serious about debt payoff, I, um, splurged and spent $3,000 to paint my kitchen cabinets white. And when I I just took that money out of savings Mm -hmm. and when as soon as I did it, I felt like, Oh gosh, I need to replenish my savings account immediately. And so then I got serious about it. And, um, I replenished that savings account in in two months. And when I did that, I thought, what have I been doing with all of my money all this time? If I can put that money back so quickly, like, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm not paying attention to my money, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, once you start making a zero based budget, they all say, it's like you, you get a raise. Like suddenly money is coming out of the woodwork because you're paying attention to it and you're spending it, you know, intentionally. Mm -hmm. So,
1: Okay. And, uh, so do you use the envelope system or an app? I've heard there's, uh, I think it's at YNAB, you need a budget app or at every dollar app. Do you use apps or how do you do your budget? Just so paper yes. and pencil.
2: So I do, I do both actually. So when, every time I get paid, I write my budget out on paper, um, just to kind of get it all down. hmm and then, in terms of managing it day to day, I do use an app, and the app that I use is called um, Envelopes Budget Manager. And it is an app that is currently, I think, it's only for iPhone. I, I haven't looked at it recently, but um, it's just an app of virtual envelopes, and mm. you put money in each of those envelopes, and that's what I do. As soon as I get paid, I make my zero-based budget. I put it out on paper, and then I transfer it all into my app, and I put money in each of my envelopes until I'm left with nothing. And then, as I go through my life, I pull up my iPhone every time I make a purchase, and I take that money out of my envelope. And I know at any given time, just by glancing at my at my iPhone and my um, envelopes, how much money I have to spend in any category. So I never have to worry. If I buy this, will I still have enough money to pay the mortgage, you know? So I know exactly, you know, it puts you in control of your finances at all times, so. I so,
0: love that. I've never heard of that before. Cause yeah, I, I mean, it's, you hear the envelope system all the time, but like no one really, you know, uses cash as much and right. it's just, it's, it's not as feasible in this time, but I love, I need to buy, it. I'm in doubt with it right now.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think it's great about it is I know, you know, a lot of people love the cash envelope system, but they're concerned about carrying a lot of cash with them. Right. don't necessarily blame them. So, you know, it's a great alternative if you have that concern. And I will say every once in a while, I do use the physical cash envelopes. Um, if it's something that I'm like, I'm really concerned and I don't want to go over budget and I really just want to force myself, but it's a lot harder, you know, to go to the bank and get the cash and manage the envelopes. It's so much easier to just have it all electronically on, a, on an app in your phone.
1: And then you just use your debit card, right? To... Yes. Okay. Yes, cool. exactly. Awesome. Yep. All right. That's that's a good tip already. We, okay. That's the end of our show. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, we've got, I've got a billion more things I want to talk to you about. Okay. <laughs> Next up, can you explain your no spend days? Because I feel like that's another thing that's really Uh, you have taken it and other people have jumped on board and it's really helped you and a lot of uh, people that follow you too are joining in with you.
2: Yes, absolutely. So I do 15
1: days every single
2: month of no spend. And, you know, when I first started doing it, the first no spend challenge I ever did was that same month that I started my Instagram account. And I said, and it was um, February eighteenth, I distinctly remember, and there so were twenty-eight days in February. And I said, "I'm just going to go the next ten days. I'm going to spend nothing." And it was impossible. It was so difficult. Like that was ridiculously hard. So the next month, in March, I said, "I'm just going to spend half of the time—fifteen days—I will commit to not spending a thing—and see how that goes." And it was so much easier because there were times where I could spend. And then there were just only 15 days that I was not spending anything. And, you know, I get a lot of questions about what the rules are or how I do it. And what I, what I tell people is, first of all, you can make whatever rules for your no spin challenge that you want to do. There's nothing set in stone. You want to make rules that will challenge you, but also things that are not too impossible. Like for me, 10 days in a row was just impossible, yeah. but since march of 2018 every single month since then i've done at least 15 days of no spend and it was so much easier so some of the things that i do my rules are really if it's something that is required to be spent so if it's like a prescription medication that i have to have or if it's the you know electric bill that has to be paid that kind of spending doesn't count because it has to be done my whole purpose behind my no spending challenge is to reduce frivolous spending or spending that's not necessary. Mm -hmm. And so I use an app to track the spending of uh, that as well. And that app is called Habit Share. And it is, it's just like a calendar and it lets you set different goals. And for every goal, you can mark in your calendar green for success or red for failure. And you can keep a running um, checklist of how many days you've spent and not spent Mm -hmm. and even keep track of everything that you did spend if you wanted to mark like oh i went to starbucks today you can put that in too Mm -hmm. um so you can go back with that app and just get a moment's glance everything you spent money on in the month which i sometimes do as well Mm -hmm. um so what i love about doing the 15 days a month is really by the time that you're done after a year you've gone six months without spending a thing. And that's pretty phenomenal. You know, when you think about it, you just said, Hey, next year in 2020, don't spend anything for six months. You know, people would think you were crazy. Like that would not be possible, but it really is a lot easier than you think once you start tracking it and, and doing it month by month like that
1: do you decide your days ahead of time that you aren't going to spend or do you just every day try not to spend and then make sure that you get your 15 in there? How does that work?
2: Yeah, I really don't um, decide ahead of time. It's just, I take the, the month and the days as they come. So most of the time I really just try not to spend because I, I find that, I mean, I have everything that I need, you know, the things that I would be spending money on, would just be cluttering up my life or not really adding anything to my life. So, I mean there's really nothing that I need. My, my biggest spending weakness is is food and eating out, right? Yeah. So, you know, if I can manage that, then, you know, that's what I'll do. But I don't I don't specifically plan, you know, I'm not going to spend any money these few days, because that's kind of what was hard for me when I first did that 10 day, no challenge, Mm -hmm. knowing I can't spend any money today, kind of, it's difficult, but having a set days, like I've just got to get through 15 days. And there's many months where I do 17, 20, 21, where I do more. So I just, I find that it's a lot easier for me anyway, if it's not a set day. And I just try to hit that 15 days
0: a month. Wow, that's so amazing! I love that. Well, and I think I mean, hearing all of this, it's all really just about being aware of where you're spending your money, how much money you're getting in every month, and you know, going from there. And I think most of us, I we've talked about in other episodes, are just so afraid of like logging into our you know bank accounts and seeing how much credit card you know debt we have or how little spending save or spending we have in our checking account. So. Really just t- doing the work to be more aware of how each dollar is being spent is so crucial to, to all of
2: it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such such a key. It's something that I say, my little three-word mantra, right, is spend with intention. I mean, if
1: you I could do that, spend with yeah. intention, you're, that's, you're, that's half the battle. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and that brings up um, from your 10 characteristics of those who successfully pay off debt fast, the last one, honestly, I feel like might be the most important. Number 10, you say is they believe they can. And you say, if you don't believe you can improve your financial situation, you won't. Absolutely. Hope is really everything.
2: Um, You have to have hope. And I feel like throughout this journey, if you, if you're just discouraged, you know, mentally, and you think that it's not going to happen. I mean, I, I, myself put off trying to pay down my debt for so long because I thought, Oh, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Nobody can do that. It's never going to happen. Why should I even try? Like, I'm not going to try, um, because it was impossible, you know? And then I spent $3,000 painting my cabinets and realized, you know, maybe if I got intentional with my money and started paying attention to it, it could happen. And it was then when I thought I sat down and I made that three-year plan. And I said, this is what I've got to do. I've got to come up with X amount of dollars each month for three years. I can do that. I can do that. And once I started believing that I could do it, I mean, man, there was no stopping me. And I think that that's true for, for really anyone, but you've got to have that hope that you can do it. And, you know, my kind of hope through my blog and my Instagram and podcasts like y'all's is that we give hope to those people who think like, I can't do this. You know, um, for me, part of, part of getting that hope, getting from hopelessness to hope was realizing that a long time is not never. So I thought because it was going to take a long time, I would never do it, but there's a difference between never and three years or five years or two years or however long it's going to take you to accomplish your goal. So just because it is a really long
1: time doesn't mean it's never going to
0: happen. Yeah.
1: That's so important. Such a good point. Yeah. Also you have, first of all, you have so many great highlights on your Instagram. I mean, there's like just a ton of knowledge right there. People can go to your highlights and learn so, so so much. Uh, one of the things that you've got, you've got a minimalism highlight. So, uh, can you talk about how minimalism and a debt free journey go together? Because minimalism is such a hot topic right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was really
2: kind of surprised to see or to really understand how related they are. So, for me, my debt free journey led me down the path to minimalism. And the way that I stumbled upon it was. I wanted to start selling clutter from my house, stuff that I had purchased over the years that just I didn't use. And so I started listing things for sale on Facebook and selling things and turning my clutter into cash. And that kind of got addicting. And the more I sold to add more to pay off my debt, the more I realized the less I needed. And so I just started selling and selling and selling. And then I just started looking around my house thinking, gosh, why did I buy all this stuff in the first place? You know, like, which once you make that realization, then it really helps your whole financial journey going forward because you're so much more intentional about the things you do purchase, you know? Um, so I love how just the debt-free journey and minimalism are tied together that way. I think that a lot of people, I joke on my blog and on my Instagram feed all the time. If, your debt-free journey hasn't led you to minimalism. You're doing it wrong. Which, you know, <laughs> may not be. Obviously, it's not the case for everyone. But I really feel like once you start examining the things that you spend your money on, mm-hmm. that leads you to minimalism because you realize, man, I'm spending my money on a lot of dumb things that I I don't really need to be spending that aren't really adding value to my life.
0: Yeah, well, I think nowadays too, with like. Online subscriptions and app subscriptions, and all of those things, it's so easy to get lost in how much you're spending because they just audit their automatic reoccurring payments every month and that's my biggest problem is I like I get sucked into these like oh for one free week and then I do it and then I you know then they yes. a the week after because I forgot to cancel and then it's just been this thing that's on the back of my to-do list that I keep forgetting to cancel and um you know so it's almost it's not even like tangible items too it's like cleaning up like your virtual life as well that's yes so money
2: <laughs> yes that is so true Oh my goodness. I've I've got a blog post about how you can go in and check like your iTunes and all your subscriptions and see what they are because for some of them, for me, they bill out like on an annual basis. And one year I got hit with a surprise um, charge for something that I bought a year ago that I totally forgot about. And I thought, what is this? So I figured out how to go in and kind of just do an audit of my subscriptions, which is helpful for, um, kind of making sure you don't get that sneak attack in the middle of the year when you're not expecting it.
0: Uh, It's the worst. (laughs) I know. I just got attacked by, (laughs) attacked, (laughs) Um, attacked by, um, Adobe creative cloud. They like, I'm sure they sent me an email somewhere saying like you're about to be charged but now that I'm not a student anymore they're like oh well we're gonna rack it up and pay charge you more so I was like yay can't wait (laughs) yes
1: yes yes get that price up there now that they've got you wheeled in. they've got you in there Mm. oh my goodness Well, next, I would love to hear you, if you could explain um, the, about, talk about the 30-day buy list, because I think that's another really good, helpful thing that you do that uh, could help us with our spending.
2: Yes. So the 30-day buy list is something that I just created to try to stave off making impulse purchases um, again to try to force myself to spend intentionally. And you guys, if you've never done this, I really, really encourage you to do this because I think that you will learn so much about yourself. So my 30 day buy list, is just a, a list. I keep on my phone and when I want to buy something, I put it on the list and I put it on the list with the date that I want to buy it. And then I force myself to wait a month before I buy it. And mm. see if I still want it in a month, And you would not believe like hardly anything I still want. And if I still want it after a month, then I can put it in my budget and plan for it and not blow the budget. But if you've got um, problems with, with impulse shopping the 30 day buy list, if you can and and honestly you guys don't have to start off with 30 days. That's kind of extreme. I realize if you're, if you're new to it, you can do like a 24 hour buy list or a one week buy list. Start off with a low amount, you know, like a day, and then slowly work your way up over time. I just wanted to be serious, and I, was, I wasn't playing around anymore, and I just wanted to do a 30-day buy list, and, and that's what I've done. And I'm going to look and see if I can find my 30-day buy list. Ooh, so first yeah. little things right now, Where, what are we? October of 2019, So on my 30-day buy list, I still have things on the list, you guys, from November of 2018 that I've never purchased. Wow. And another good thing to do would be to go down and add up the price of all of these items and just see how much money I've saved myself by not just impulsively buying something the second I want it. Because you'll find if you start doing this, this buy list that the things that you really want, like that moment that you see it in the store, mm-hmm. that excitement over acquiring something new fades with time mm-hmm. and you'll end up saving quite a bit of money if you can just come control those impulse purchases. So yeah, my 30 day buy list is, is pretty long right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. I, with, I sometimes, oops, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I sometimes take a picture, like if I'm at a store and I really want a shirt or a dress or shoes, whatever, I'll take a picture of it and then go home, like sit sit on it for a little bit and then relook at it the next day and see if it's still something of interest. Because like you said, it's like that impulse, like, oh, it's so cute. I need it right now. Like it's that instant gratification. But if you can just like think, be more intentional and think about it, then I mean, yeah, you'll make more rational decisions. Absolutely. And
2: like sometimes I go back to my list and I don't even recognize what the thing is. Like uh, I'm looking at my list right now, it's like a motile commuter tote in black. Like I know that it's some kind of bag that I wanted, right? Like some kind of tote, but like I can't even visualize what that looks like right now. I have no idea what that is. And if I can't remember what that is, like a few months later, I don't know that I really wanted it all that bad certainly <laughs> not enough to, you know, budget for it and purchase it. So yes, definitely. That's a pretty good uh, sign. Yeah. Yes, definitely try out a 30-day buy list if you have not done it before.
0: Oh, I'm excited. There's so many things I'm going to start. <laughs> I, I know, like. <laughs> right?
1: We're, we're going to have to start slow though because, uh, you know, if we jump in and we're trying 10 things, then none of those 10 things yes. will work. Yes. That's, yes. that's one thing that you talk about. You, you acquired these um, traits slowly and built them over time, correct? Absolutely. Yes. I feel like you, you can't just like
2: go full throttle, jump in the deep end and make 57 habit changes at once because nothing's going to stick. So you know, you need to start small, master some kind of change, and then you can go on to the next step. Trying to do too much at once is a recipe for failure, quite frankly. Yeah.
1: That's one thing that the holistic psychologist talks about. Um, I've probably mentioned her before on the show. I'm a big fan. Um, she talks about, you know, don't try and start um, journaling and, uh, and also meditating and also breath work you know, don't try everything at once. Start with, if you've never meditated before, start with a two minute meditation every day, just two minutes, two Mm -hmm, minutes, just sit there and breathe for two minutes, you know, or start with the uh, journaling every day. Just keep Mm -hmm. one promise to yourself every day. And then after you've done that one for, you know, 30 days, and that's in, you know, something that's part of your daily habit, then, then add another one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So I well, think with, with anything, it's good. Habit
0: tracker app, we can start tracking, you know, how <laughs> we are making those small changes and, exactly. you know, growing on them. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yes. Uh, absolutely.
0: Um, Well, one thing I wanted to ask, so as Tisha and I are both business owners and, you know, income can be pretty irregular every month. You know, one month can be a great month and one month can be like $0, you know, and you talk about one of your tips for irregular income is to live on last month's income. Can you explain a little bit more on that? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, It
2: is tough to budget when you don't know how much money is coming in, particularly Mm -hmm. if you're doing a zero-based budget. Like, how am I going to do that when I I don't know what it's going to be? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of problems that people have with budgeting is is like you're predicting, right? You're predicting um, your income, and if it's irregular, you could be wrong. So Mm -hmm. living on last month's income, that's one of the principles from YNAB, which is you need a budget. And- Basically, they teach you to save up a month's worth of income, save that income up, and then your paychecks in January, when you get paid in January, you've saved that money up. So when February 1st rolls around, you have a whole month's worth of income. You know exactly how much it's going to be. Whatever you made in January, that's what you're going to you know, pay your bills with and budget and live from in February. And then During February, you save those up for March. And so you're, you know, you're kind of a month ahead in your bills and expenses, and it takes the guesswork out of unpredictable income. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, it does. I definitely, yeah, that's amazing. And you mentioned the
1: expense tracker. Where does that play into everything?
2: So the expense tracker is kind of like, um, like with the budget app that I use. So, you know, making a zero-based budget is one thing, but if you're not tracking your expenses, then you don't really know if you're budgeting correctly or you don't know what kind of progress you're making, right? So let's say I make a zero-based budget and I budget, you know, $100 for eating out, but then every month I just borrow $200 from the birthday fund or the Christmas fund, you know, to, to continue eating out on, which you know, it could happen. So if you're not tracking it, then every month you continue to budget a hundred dollars for eating out. And when you're really spending way more than that, right? So tracking your expenses helps you get a good understanding of actually how you're spending your money and how you should be modifying your budgets, you know, in the future. And one, it's one of the things I tell people to do, like one of the first steps I tell them to do, um, when they're starting to get in control of their finances and you know if you just if everybody listening to the show has not tracked their expenses before if they all just guess right now everyone just guess right now what you think you spent last month eating out and then write it down and then go pull your bank account go pull your bank statement and actually look Eyes, oh. we are terrible at at knowing how much money we spend like you think mm-hmm. it's a certain amount you know, you've got a pretty good idea. You don't have a clue, and you think bank statement and you look, and you're going to be horrified. <laughs> Tell you, <laughs> you know. Um, but if you're tracking your expenses, you got it. You've got a good feel for it. So once you start tracking those expenses, and you're you realize, oh, I'm spending $800 a month eating out. Hmm, maybe I this is an area that I can change. Um, so yes, so that's an exercise that I love to have people do because it really opens their eyes in terms of what their spending is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. <laughs> that, yeah. The 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 thought of doing that is pretty <laughs> scary, I have yeah. to say. <laughs> it's eye-opening,
2: uh, for sure.
1: What uh you talk about two different ways that you can kind of go about attacking your debt the debt snowball and the debt avalanche methods can you kind of explain a little bit about what both of those are and which one's your favorite and why you know kind of the pluses and minuses of each
2: okay so this is kind of a controversial topic the people feel very strongly you know about both ways so the debt snowball is where you list all of your debts from smallest debt to largest debt, the total amounts. You don't care about monthly payments, you don't care about interest rates, you're just talking about total debt amounts. And then you start paying minimums on all of those debts except the lowest one, and you put every extra penny you can find at that lowest one. Then when that debt is paid off, you take the minimum you are paying to that debt plus all the extra, and you roll it into the next debt, and you just keep snowballing those debt payments until you get to the largest one, and then by the time you get to the largest one, you pay it all off. So that's the debt snowball from smallest to largest. The debt avalanche is where you list your debts from highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, and you pay them down in that order. Same kind of thing. You pay minimums on all of them, pay extra on that highest interest rate, and then pay them you know, kind of roll those payments down until everything is paid off. So the idea behind the debt snowball is that you're paying off the smallest debt first and you start paying debt after debt, after debt, and those debts start disappearing and you start feeling fantastic. You know, you get that first little credit card paid off and you're like, oh my gosh, this feels fantastic. You know, I did it. I did it and then you do the next one. And then that snowball starts rolling and the debts start just getting knocked down like dominoes. So the debt snowball is really good for giving you like that psychological boost Mm -hmm. to help help you keep going. When you do the debt avalanche, a lot of people like the debt avalanche because in the long term, you end up paying less money overall to pay down all of your debts because the entrance isn't uh, accruing because mm-hmm. that highest interest debt is getting paid off quickly so a lot of people like that because mathematically you're spending less overall to get the debt paid down mm-hmm. I love the debt snowball because I feel like the psychological aspect of it keeps you committed to it and if yeah. you know your debt payment plan if you're not committed to it if you don't do it it's not gonna work right so mm-hmm. I like the debt snowball for that reason Um but a lot of people like the debt avalanche because they they like the idea that they're not um, they're not throwing money away that they're they're using the least amount of money to get that debt paid off what i will say you know people say what do you think is the best method um, and really there's no answer no one correct answer for everyone the best method that i would say is whatever method is going to motivate you to get your debt paid off if, if you hate the debt snowball and don't want to do it, don't do it. If you hate the debt avalanche and thinks that, you know, you think that's dumb, don't do it. Whichever one you think that you can stick to through the finish line is the method that you should
0: use. So, um, question for you, how do you stay accountable with all this? Like, are you very much a person that is like so driven just by your own little successes and it just keeps the motivation going? Or do you need someone to kind of help you keep you accountable um, to all of this?
2: So, you know, I'll, I'll say that generally I am a pretty goal driven person and I love setting goals and I love meeting goals and I love doing whatever I need to do at all costs to meet those goals. Mm-hmm. But if you look back, in reality, that first year that I was paying off debt and I wasn't on Instagram and I wasn't blogging and sharing my story publicly, mm-hmm. I didn't do that well, right? So that year I paid off 17000 and then, what, then the year after that and this year, it's been over 40000 Those, oh. those two years. My salary didn't change, guys, right? Yeah. Like Nothing changed except me feeling accountable, I think, through mm-hmm. social media. So sometimes you know I'll do things and I'll I'll be talking to my husband and say, you know, like babe, no, I can't do this because I have to post about it on Instagram and people will know. Just, <laughs> you know? I love it.
0: I love it. Um,
2: but it really like telling and sharing your story publicly, like I've been doing, really helps keep your feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. When when I first started recording my journey and sharing it publicly, I had no intent to motivate anybody or inspire someone or teach someone anything. All I wanted to do was keep myself accountable. That was the only reason I started sharing my journey, but then people started asking me questions and the questions kept rolling in. And so then it kind of changed and I felt like, you know what, I do want to motivate these people. I do want to help other people know what I know and dig themselves out of, Mm -hmm. out of this kind of mess. So You know, as much as I want to say that, you know, oh, I'm a goal-driven person, I can do it all on my own, like the accountability of a public forum does wonders in terms of helping you stick to your goals.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness! Okay, well, I'm just going to confess. I I spent four dollars <laughs> on a cupcake yesterday that I shouldn't have.
2: <laughs> you got to mark it on your habit
1: share app. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was not a no spin day for me.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: Ah, if I had to, yeah, I'm. Uh, mm, there's so many things here that I'm like, okay, we're gonna. <laughs> we're going to start writing that stuff down, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think <laughs> the biggest takeaway from all of this, and I mean, like the first step that someone I can take from listening from all of this, I think is just starting to track your expenses and then going from there. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know, I guess, what would you recommend, Kate, as far as like, what's the first step? I guess it's different for everyone and what their situation sure. is, but what would be the first like small step or tangible step that someone can take?
2: So usually I say creating a zero-based budget is, is ground zero. But honestly, before you do that, if you've never budgeted before, you really don't have any idea how much you spend a month on groceries. So I think the first step for anyone who wants to get started is to pull like three months worth of bank statements, go through those spending habits, look at what you're spending, get an idea of how you spend your money. And once you know how you've spent your money, that'll help guide you into making a budget. So really it's kind of twofold. Number one, you've got to understand your spending habits already. You've got to understand your bills already, what your expenses are on a monthly basis. But then number two, that zero-based budget, I mean, that is for me just the most critical, important aspect of Managing your money in a way that'll help you succeed and reach your financial goals,
0: so how has your family been reacting to all of this? Has it been tough on them, or are they motivated to you know save money and you know pay off debt as well?
2: So I've got an eight year old and he we've told him that we're gonna do something fun when the debt is paid off, like go to Disney World or you know some big epic family vacation, and he's super on board. um he sees me listing things for sale on Facebook. And sometimes he'll come with me when I meet at the top off point to sell things to people. And he'll see that, you know, oh, I've got $10 now. or Oh, I've got $20 now. So he started saying, oh, well, I want to sell all my toys, right? (laughs) Like, so he is super on board with it. Like he helps me when I'm like going through and trying to like minimize super on board with it. Um, so I love that he's kind of learning those lessons. Um, that's awesome. Right. And my husband's on board with the debt payoff. Like he's, you know, super on board with that, but he's not as on board with my whole minimalism journey. He, <laughs> I always call him a semi-hoarder and I'm a minimalist. And like, I've gotten rid of all of my things, right? Like there's nothing left that I can get rid of. So it's time for him to step up and start getting rid of something. <laughs> and, you know, he does some, but not nearly as much as I would like. For him to
1: to be on board about. So if only you could talk him into uh starting an Instagram account and sharing his course.
2: <laughs> right. That would that would get him into gear, I bet. <laughs> the pressure. Yes, it's the pressure. Maybe I should make a uh an Instagram account for him and hold him accountable.
0: <laughs> Just document everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> embarrass
2: him publicly on social media,
0: yeah. encourage him to get rid of all the stuff.
1: Somehow, somehow I think that could backfire. I'm just, yeah, right, it's probably, yeah probably not the best idea. Probably not
0: the best. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kate. Um, we always ask every guest uh, two questions. Uh, our first question is, what is your definition of success?
2: So this is a great question. Um, and it's one that I spend a lot of time thinking about just in my life when people look at me from the outside, they may think that I'm a raging success, right? I'm an attorney. I'm in a partner in my law firm. We live in a great neighborhood. You know, our cars are paid for. I do have some debt, but from the outside looking in by the world standards, I'm a raging success. But for me, success, that is not what success is about. For me, it's really about time, which I kind of talked about earlier, you know, it's about living life on your own terms and spending your time doing things that you love, spending your time the way you want to. So for me right now, I'm not spending my time doing things I love and the things that I want, right? I'm spending my time doing a very stressful career. Um, But for me, success is, is being able to spend your time the way you want. And I know, you know, people talk about time and money a lot, you know, money, you can make more money, right? But I feel like you can't make more time. There's only so much time you have. And the successful life for me is just spending it, doing things you love.
1: That is beautiful.
0: That is so important.
1: (laughs) Then our other question that we ask everyone is, what are the three words that come to mind when you think about money?
2: Okay, um... So the first thing I honestly think about, which is, you know, maybe not fun is budgeting, right? Like if you have money, you need a budget, like that may be boring, you know, but budget. Um, The second thing that I think about is security. Um, Money for me is security. You know, when we've got a fully funded emergency fund, when we have no debts, when everything is paid off, like it, it's a great feeling. It's a, feeling of peace and and security. Um, And then I think along those same lines, probably I would think maybe options, like money gives you the, or opportunity uh, to do things that you normally maybe wouldn't do, you know, like for me, at least the past few years, I haven't had the opportunity or the option to leave a high paying legal career. Right. I, the, the debt that I have found myself in has forced me to stay working at a job that I don't necessarily super love. I don't know from the office is listening. Uh, But so yeah, so when I think about money, I think about options and opportunity.
1: Awesome. Those are such good, interesting words. I love them. I I think
0: one thing that you touched on with the success question was, you know, time Being most important, and that's been my biggest adult lesson. You know, growing up, my parents used to tell me all the time, like, "Your time is valuable." Blah blah blah, and I was like, "No, it's whatever." Like, and I'm just you know always trying to make time. And so, I don't know. I just think that's so important, and it's something to really value as you know, as your time gets limited, especially, but also just in your career and your in life, like spending time with those who you know make you feel. Fulfilled and happy, and all. Yes, exactly. Yes.
1: And as you get older, your time becomes even more valuable. I'll just tell you <laughs> yeah. that. That's why, if if uh, I've got two grandkids, and if uh, Lila and Landon need me, I am there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Any chance I can to hang out with them, I take it. Yeah. Love part of, it. part of it's part of it's pretty selfish. It's because they bring <laughs> me such joy, but it's still it's just that's the best way to spend my time if you ask mm-hmm. me. Yes. You bring them joy too. <laughs> well, thanks. This has been so amazing. Everyone is just going to be like, "Wow, minds are going to be blown all over when they listen to this (laughs) this has been so good um i know for one thing i wanted to be sure and direct them to i want you to be sure and share with us now all the places we can find you but be sure and go sign up for her free guide nine proven strategies to pay off debt faster than you ever thought possible Uh, and so where could they go to sign up for that
2: Yes. So that is available on my website, which is www.livingthatdebtfreelife.com. And then they can also find me on Instagram at thatdebtfreelife.
1: All
0: right. Awesome. That okay. Is thank great. you so much again for everything. You were amazing and we can't yes. wait to get started. <laughs> and yes. you're going to
1: be paying off the rest of your debt and debt-free here just anytime.
0: time. <gasps>
1: yes, it's going to be a happy new year for me. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome.
0: Starting the new decade off strong. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely.
1: 2020 debt-free. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me on today. It was so much fun hanging out with you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for sharing all of your golden nuggets and, uh, and helping all of us get to that debt-free life too. Okay, you all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there.
0: And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show.
1: And we'll see you next Money Monday.
0: Bye. Bye.